0: All right. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for being here this morning. Uh, we're, we're continuing in our, our Foundations of Faith uh, series. Uh, and this morning, uh, we're going to talk about grace. One thing that struck me when I was working on this lesson, and when I've been kind of mulling over what I wanted to talk about, is I don't think I've taught a lesson on grace before. Um... You know, sometimes we kind of have our own various interests uh, when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to, you know, studying God's Word, and it's easy to become more like a specialist where there's like certain things you're interested in, and you you might focus on those a lot, and some things you might not study quite as much, and so that was something that kind of struck me when I was working on the lesson, is that I don't think... Of course, while we, you know, we've all had several classes and sermons that mention grace, I don't know if I've actually prepared a lesson on it before. So uh, I hope that the lesson this morning is is useful to you. I hope we get uh, some good uh, discussion out of it as well. I really want to to kind of have a conversation here. Um, but yeah, the, the the class this morning is on the gift of grace. So I want to start by proposing the question, what is grace? Anybody? The definition I learned was unmerited favor. Thank you. Okay, so I wanted to go ahead and get that up front because that's, that's almost what you always get, right? That's what we always say. What I want to now ask, though, is what does unmerited favor mean? If we're going to say that grace is unmerited favor, we need to make sure we know what those words mean as well. So what's unmerited favor? Okay. Okay. Yeah, something. Kindness you don't deserve, something you didn't earn, something you didn't deserve. Okay. Yeah, so I went in and checked, and that seems to, ooh, man, that font's not that great. Um, I went and checked, and yeah, so, so unmerited, right, the word merit means something that you've earned, something you deserve, some sort of praise or award that you might have gotten. Um, that's merit. Um, isn't it in the Boy Scouts they have merit badges? Is that right? You know, they do certain things, they get badges for them um, as, as a recognition, as, a, as an award, something that they deserve praise for doing. And so if it's unmerited, then that's the opposite of that. It's something that wasn't earned, something that wasn't deserved, something that you didn't do something, you accomplished something. Um, It's not that. Okay? And when we're talking about favor, particularly relating to God, favor would be something along the lines of approval or support. Right? Um, Being in someone's favor is what we're talking about. So... So they have a favorable uh, opinion of you, or they look at you favorably. Um, That's kind of what we're talking about. And so when we talk about grace being unmerited favor with God specifically, right, that's the implication, is unmerited favor with God. What we're talking about is God having approval or support in some way of you, of us, That we didn't deserve, that we did not do anything to get. It's something that He's giving, um, not something that we've earned. Okay? Any questions on that? It's also called
1: God's riches at Christ's expense. Say again? Uh, God's riches at Christ's expense. Uh,
0: God's riches at Christ's expense, yes. So, so again, something that that God has given, right? But not at our expense, right? It's not something that we in any way obtained of our own, right? Okay. So getting into grace then, I want to get into a few uh, Scripture readings this morning. And I want to break down a couple of things um, that the Scripture says about grace. And hopefully that will help convey this idea of Of, again, the foundations of our faith, what we teach about grace. So, first let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to spend a fair amount of time there this morning. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 4. If someone would read Ephesians 2, verses 4 through through 6. Ephesians
2: two, four through six. God who is rich in mercy for his great love where he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus.
0: Okay. So what, what's the what's the element or the function of grace in this passage? How does grace factor into this? Yeah, it says that grace, you know, by grace you have been saved, right? So, so one thing to know about grace, of course, is grace saves, saves us. Um, that is a component of salvation. What's interesting to me at least in uh, New American Center that I have, is that that statement is parenthetical, right? It's, it's in parentheses. It's kind of like just thrown into the sentence, um, almost as if it's kind of an aside that he wants to throw in there to make sure that they don't forget while he's talking about his main subject. The main subject here being God's mercy, God's love, and how that has been manifested through Christ and how that affects us, Right? Even when we were dead, we were made alive. By grace, we have been saved. And so there's these these components here, I think. Starting with God. Starting with God being rich in mercy. Starting with God loving us, right? Starting with Him. Where grace comes from. Where are we? Well, we're dead in our sins. We're dead in our trespasses. Trespasses. And so you've got these two um, points, I guess. You've got God here, we've got us here, and that, that gulf needs to be uh, bridged. And so what's, who's, or what is introduced there is Christ. And that's where the grace is mentioned, right? Christ is tied to grace. Christ is the ultimate example of grace. And why is that? So, so grace being a vehicle of sorts, right? Well, also,
3: Hebrews 4.16 says we have to come to the throne of grace. So so right. In other words, it's not just given to everybody. You know, it's something still we have to do to mm-hmm. so it's, it's a gift. And, you know, gifts are given even if you don't deserve it. But still, with this gift is something that we have to do. We have to accept it.
0: Right. Yeah, so, so imagine you know, salvation, right? Grace saves us. Salvation coming, or salvation being available, right? And it's packaged in grace. It's packaged by grace. Grace being I think in this instance tied to the sacrifice of Christ, right? That's what made it possible and it's available for you to, to go and get. Right. To come to the throne of grace, to obtain grace. That's something that God is offering out to you to go get.
4: And that's where the confusion comes, because people want to call that works. Right. And that's that's where the big... I think that's why we avoid talking about grace. hmm Because you have to talk about works and grace together.
0: It's a combo. Right. Yeah, and... I'm not sure when is the best point in this, honestly, in this class to kind of bring this up because some later points kind of talk about this too. But this, this, whole, this whole issue, right, of, of in the denominational world taking, taking grace, taking the idea of grace to the point where there's, there's nothing involved. You just sit there and grace comes to you. Um, on the flip side, we don't want to teach that salvation is earned. You know, as we've already talked about, it's unmerited. It's not something that we earn, but it is something that we receive. If you don't receive it, then you don't have it. And then what is the effect of grace, right? Grace saves us. Well, what does that mean, right? What what does being saved mean? If you look in verse 6, what does it say?
3: sit together in
0: heavenly places. Yeah, we're raised, right? We're raised with Christ. We're seated with Him in the heavenly places, okay? So salvation being that relationship, that, that new situation that we're in, no longer being what, dead in our trespasses, trespasses or transgressions, um, but now raised, brought to life. And so that's what we see you know, By grace you have been saved. By grace this has happened to you. This is now where you are. And grace is what enables that. So salvation being forgiveness of sins. Salvation being this new relationship with God. This repaired relationship with God. And that salvation is offered to us. Even though we don't deserve it. And even though there's nothing we can do to earn it. It is given to us in an unmerited way. It's given to us because... You know, God has shown favor on us to offer that. And certainly faith is involved, right? We talked about that a second ago. Faith, obedience, all those other aspects of salvation. I think it's important to understand salvation has different components to it. We don't see grace alone. We see grace. We see faith. We see obedience. We see repentance. We see confession. We see living faithfully those things combined together is what enables and sustains salvation. It's a better,
1: better
2: situation than the Old Testament. They had to, know, release animals,
0: sacrifice animals. I like this to go out Yeah, me too. Yeah, that, that's, and it's a good point, right? In the, under the old law, you, you had to do the rituals, you had to do, you, you followed the law, right? You followed the, the legal framework. And one thing I want to get into later is how different being under grace is from that legalistic system. Right. Yeah, I mean if you don't if you don't understand or you don't realize that you need the gift, then you're never gonna go get it, right? Right.
4: Even in the old testament though was connected with grace. You know, it was it's Titus two eleven that says, For the grace of God that bringeth
0: salvation is that your next point? Yeah, that's my next point. <laughs> <laughs> he brings it. Yeah. He he provided a
4: way. He's always provided a way. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, well we understand even even during the Old Testament times the offerings they were giving were not sufficient for forgiveness of sins, right? I think there's some element of grace still involved there and of course we see the foreshadowing of grace, right? Of God's grace being fully revealed in the new, in the new law, in the New Testament. We see the foreshadowing through the offerings, we see the foreshadowing through parts of the law and in various um, I guess various instances, you know, within the records, right? Talk about like Abraham and Isaac, right? That's a foreshadowing of the grace to come. It's illustrating what it, what it was going to be like. So yeah, not not that, not that there was no grace, but that the the system, you know, was, was different, and the, the way grace was manifested through uh, God's law, I think, was different. I think sometimes we, we see in the scripture how people missed it. You know, they missed that element of grace because they got tied up in the law itself, the law for the sake of law, right? Grace, but yeah. Oh, go ahead.
1: I'm saying that grace, you want real grace in the Old Testament. Look at the Gentiles who as long as they followed uh, Father, speaking, and obeyed God mm-hmm. with, with the influence of the Jews. They still had a law. A right. a law to follow. But God still gave them grace. Right. Even though they didn't have the actual law of Moses.
0: True. Yeah. Hey, and system lasted all the way to Acts chapter 10 under them.
2: Chris. Yes. yes. Uh, One of the first times you hear the word grace in the Old Testament is in Genesis chapter 6. And that's in uh, conjunction with Noah. Mm-hmm. And it says in verse 8 that. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Right. Now we know that, that didn't mean the Lord automatically saved you. Right. But he gave him a plan. Mm-hmm. He said, here's what I want you to do. And in several other verses, it said, Noah did all the Lord commanded. He did everything the Lord commanded. Grace is God's part. Mm-hmm. He tells us, he, you know, he gives us a plan. Here's what I'm going to provide for you. Here's what you can. He gave Noah and he said, here's the way you and your family are going. Uh, Noah believed he had faith. He acted on it. He was obedient. And thus, the result of God said what
0: happened. Right. Yeah, in, the, in the case of Noah, grace wasn't the ark, right? Grace was the knowledge of this is coming. This is what you need to do. This is how you avoid the fate that's coming on those who have not obtained grace, right? That unmerited favor of by God to Noah was not that he... Made a boat appear in front of him. It's that he told him what he needed to do to save himself from what was coming on to his generation. The ark is the church. Mm-hmm. Oh You're yeah, it when you start it. all the symbolism. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's where you get into First Peter, right? Uh, so, but yeah, the Titus actually—that was my next my next verse. If we go to Titus chapter two verse eleven, someone read that, please. Titus two verse eleven.
3: But the grace of God that brings salvation it has appeared
0: to all men. All right. Yeah, to to all men. Now, I think to us today that might have a different meaning than it did back then, right? If you're if you're if you were a Jewish person reading some of this at the time, what does that say to you?
2: Just
0: does. Well. That, Yeah, that's where you were coming from, is that this was for Jews. But when you hear all men now, and you're coming from the Jewish background, the implication is it's not just us anymore, right? That there are Gentiles in the church, that there are Jews and Gentiles both. For us today, we don't really have that type of of background that would put us in that frame of mind. Uh, What is it like for us today to understand that grace is for everyone? <laughs> people not in America. What? Right, yeah. Understanding this is a worldwide thing, right? This is something that affects people of all nationalities. This is something that uh, is offered to everyone, regardless of their age, you know, of, of any any external factor. This is something that is available for everyone, provided they will accept the gift.
4: And whatever standard. Mm-hmm. You know, we we got this group of people practicing this, and well, it's for them also. They can't stay there. They've got to, they've got to get on the right
0: vehicle. Right. I think I think that's a good point for us to remember. Is that uh, over? I think I've, I've been, I think alive long to to see this myself. Is over time as our culture around us changes, as our society changes, there are things that are sinful that become more, um, that gain more attention, right? And it's important for us to understand that regardless of what's going on in the world around us, regardless of what we see the world doing, accepting, promoting, the grace is still for everyone, right? If, even if there's a hot button issue of the day, Grace is still for those people, right? Um, That's something that God decides. That's not something that we decide. That's something that God has decided that he's going to offer grace to everyone who will accept it. Um, And on the flip side, that means that we have no excuse. If it's for everybody, then I don't have any excuse to sit back and say, well, it's not for me. It is for you. It's for all of us. Uh, we are without excuse because God has offered it to everyone who will accept it. And so it's on us to, to go and accept it. Any more comments? Okay. Let's go back to Ephesians. Go back to Ephesians chapter 2. Someone would read verse 8, please. Please. Ephesians 2, verse
1: 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And it is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God.
0: Alright, so this goes back to grace being a gift, right? Grace is free. Um, I I think we have an interesting relationship with the idea of things being free these days. If someone offers you something for free... What's, what's going to be your response?
2: Thank
0: you. Yeah, thank you. I'll take it. Yeah, sounds good. Um, but I think depending on the source, you might be suspicious, right? Not everything that's free is, uh, might be worth taking these days, right? What's the catch, what's the catch right? What are you, what are you trying to, to get out of me for this free whatever? Uh, I think a great example, um, if anyone's familiar, obviously, with Facebook or other platforms like that, does it cost you money to join? No? It's free. But what are you paying? You're paying your privacy, right? It, I've, I've heard the saying that if the product is free, I think something like if, if the service is free, you are the product, or something like that. If it's free, that means that you are the person that, where the money is being made, right? People are going to be selling ads to you. Using your information in various ways to make money. Um, so in the world we live in, something's free. A lot of times it comes with strings attached, right? Well, the good thing about grace is, while it may have conditions to accept, it doesn't have those kinds of strings. It doesn't have, you know, that, that fine print, that, that text at the bottom that you never read. Because it would take a lawyer to make it through all of that in one lifetime. Um, This is actually free. It's freely given, but it's given at a great cost, like we mentioned before. Um, Which goes back to, I guess, the idea of nothing's really free, right? The old saying, "There's no no such thing as a free lunch." Grace is free, but it's only free to us. It's just that the payment has been paid by someone else. There's still a cost involved. But the cost has been covered, right? So it's not free in the sense that there is no cost to it. It's free in the sense that there's no cost on our account because we couldn't afford it anyway. The, the, the bill has been paid for us. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Romans five, you said verse sixteen. Yeah. Look at Romans three twenty-four also. Three twenty four. Justified freely by his grace through redemption that is in Jesus Christ. So freely. Right. Yeah, justified. Mine says justified as a gift by his grace. Yes, which is i mean exactly what we're talking about, right? Salvation, justification, um, this being given as a gift, a freely gift, a, a free gift, given freely um, by God. But as we said also, a, a gift that has to be accepted, a gift that you have to, to take it. If you don't want it, it's not going to be forced upon you. All right, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, so we can get into this again. Uh, grace isn't earned, right? Unmerited favor. Grace is not earned. Let's go to Ephesians 2, verse 9, the next verse, if someone will read that. Not about works,
1: so that no one can boast.
0: All right, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Now, what we talk, we're talking about here, right, in the previous verse... By grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Continuing that thought, it's not of works, right? Our salvation is not of works. Grace is not earned. What does that... But in the practical sense, what does that mean?
3: Well, no matter what you can do, you, know, you don't earn it, but you still have to do something to get it.
0: Right. So there's, there's no amount of tasks I can do, there's no checklist that I can fulfill, there's no threshold that I can hit to say, okay, now I have hit the point where I have earned my grace, right? There, there's, no, there's no achievement, singular or, or multiple, that any of us can do to attain it. And that's what, me, that's what it means by not being earned, right? It's unmerited. We could never do enough to earn that on our own. So the question now I want to ask is why?
2: What's well, being offered by God's grace, he's the only one that can give. And that's forgiveness of sins. nothing you can do about that.
0: Right. So so he offers
2: that and tells you how to attain it All the only thing you can do is do what he says to you.
0: Right. The the forgiveness is coming from God. The favor, the grace is coming from God. I can't make hey, if I were to do enough to obtain it, that means that God would be in my debt, right? God would owe me something. I would have some sort of leverage over God to say, I've done what you wanted, now give me my, you know, your grace. Yeah, the, the implication is you can either do something that's good enough or greater than Christ's sacrifice. There's no way. There's no way to do it.
2: We may be going to get to this later. I don't know what you're <laughs> If you go back to Titus chapter 3, starting in verse
0: 4. Okay, Titus 3 verse
2: 4. It says this. It says, But after the kindness and love of God our Savior poor man appeared, not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So Mm -hmm. if we follow God's uh, recommendations and and we we follow the plan of salvation and the washing of regeneration and baptism, then we will be justified. But it's by His grace and mercy. It's right. we done, we just follow
0: what He said Right. It explicitly says, Titus 3, verse 5, not on the basis of deeds that we have done. It even says in righteousness, right? Not, not, not even on the basis of my worldly abilities, but on the righteousness that I might have done. Still, it's not on that basis. It's on His mercy.
1: kind of like <laughs> right. Same way with our grace from God, we don't deserve it. We don't. Nothing. Nothing we could do to get it. God did not owe it to us, but because of His love and mercy, He wanted us to have it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that's the that's the origin of this, right? It's not again. It's not that we have gone out and deserved it. It's that He has offered it for us out of His goodness, right? And and from God's perspective. If you're if you're laying out this this system right, this system of offering grace, uh, back go, going back to Ephesians, uh, what is the reasoning given as not as a result of works? So that what? So no one would boast, right? And so even you know when 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 you're trying to put yourself in, in God's uh, perspective, if I'm having to offer salvation to the world if I offer it in a way that's based on merit what have I done? I've set up a system now where people will look down on each other and people will try to outdo each other and you get into the situation like in the first century with the Pharisees where they're trying to one up each other in their so called righteousness God's wisdom avoids that by making our salvation totally unrelated to what we could have earned and so you don't have this stratification of people that said, well, I saved five people. Well, I did this. Well, I did that. And people would be trying to grade themselves against each other to see who had the better salvation. You kind of get into that situation in mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians when you're talking about following different teachers. Well, I was baptized by Paul. And you see how cancerous that can be to the church. It's distracting when people are trying to grade themselves against each other. That's not how the church is supposed to work. I think on that point, I'd like to get to my last bullet. Grace isn't fair. And I think that's an interesting, I I think it's an interesting point to think about. It's a really interesting point when you think about God is just. God is just, but he's offered grace, and grace isn't fair. Let's go to Romans chapter 3. I think we actually read a little bit of that already. I think someone brought it up. Romans chapter 3, someone read 23 and 24. Romans 3, 23
1: and 24. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus.
0: Right. Yeah, well, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. If we were to give what we deserve, it wouldn't be salvation, right? And so through redemption through Christ, by God's favor, His gift of salvation... We don't get what we deserve.
3: Well,
0: that's not fair, right? If, if you're looking from the purely legal standpoint, again, think, think back to the old law, if you're looking at it from a legalistic standpoint, if I have done something, then I'm supposed to be punished for it. And God's grace, God's favor, the whole point of it is to get around that, right? To get around the consequences of my actions, To find a way to get me out of the trouble that I've gotten myself into. That's not fair. And it's not fair in our favor, right? It's not fair to God. It's not fair to Christ to have to make up for us, right? To cover all of our mistakes. That's not fair. And fortunately for us, we're the ones that benefit from it not being fair. uh, Because Jesus paid our price. Right? God sacrificed His Son to pay the price for us. He took our place. Yeah, took our place. And I just thought that was interesting to think about. This juxtaposition of, of God being just, but grace not being fair. God's justice did come down. There was a price paid. Right? It's not that God just wiped everything away. Christ suffered. But He suffered in our place. And so, justice was fulfilled, but it but On who it was fulfilled was not fair to him, right? He did it voluntarily. We should feel guilty about that. You know, my kids get a little guilty of them sometimes. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a good place for guilt. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. Right. So yeah. It should make us. It should motivate us to realize how much we we do owe him, which is obedience. Right, which is kind of what I want to leave on too. Is okay. If we understand grace, how does that affect how we live, right? How do we live with grace? How do we live with this knowledge? How does God's grace affect my perspective, my attitude on life, on how I live? How does understanding and knowing I have God's grace change the way that I treat people around me, right? If I understand that God has given me such great unmerited favor, can't I afford to give some level of great unmerited favor to the people around me? I would guess some number of people in this congregation are probably going to go to a restaurant for lunch after church today. You're going to have a a server there and things might not go well. Are you going to give grace because of the grace given to you? Those, I think, are the things that we need to think about when we get into the application, right? It's not just to understand grace, but it's to learn how to apply it and how to embody what God has done for us in the way that we live out our lives and how we interact with other people. All right, thank you for your attention this morning and for the very good comments.